Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast in the class today is sponsored by Sammy Sutton of Jet Set Inc. in honor of uh, myself and my family and all that we do in the community. I think that was, that was, the, uh, that was the announcement as well. Cold Brew is Leiluni Shmat, Shilomo Ben Rivka, sponsored by his son uh, Isaac Syed. Okay, Rabotai. Uh, we have in our parasha a magnificent exposition on uh, the raising of children. And although it's not always so easy, and it doesn't actually turn out the way you might, you might have thought, or maybe you might have wanted it to turn out, um, we, we learn unbelievable and tremendous lessons nonetheless. So I wanted to take a, just a minute um, to, spend, to spend time and understand one of the enigmatic characters of the Torah, Esav, and to see what it is that we learn from Esav. Because although we can in our life learn positive things from great people, we can also learn cautionary tales from those that are not so positive. And perhaps sometimes we share more in common with the people we're supposed to learn not to emulate than we would with the great tzaddikim of years gone by. Rabotai, we read about this fellow called Esav, and we understand that Yitzhak loved him. And the question is, what did Yitzhak love about Esav? Who was this person, Esav? What is he like? Now, you know, every person in their life has defining moments. Now, how do you define a defining moment? What is a defining moment in your life? You know, you go out to eat, you have a great, uh, a great steak, that's a defining moment. The answer is, what is literally a moment that defines the actual life? So let's look at the moment that defines the life of Esav. Esav is born. Esav veers off the path. He does five great sins in one day, on the day that his grandfather passed away. He comes running in. He sees a pot boiling on the stove. He says, give me the fasulia, get in my belly. That's what he says. And in that moment, when he says, give me the red, right? He literally gets defined. What do we call Esav from that moment on? We call him Edom. What a weird re reason to call somebody a name. Could you imagine if one time you went to the store and uh, they had a slushy machine and the woman says, what flavor would you like? You say, I'll have the blue one. No one ever calls it the flavor, by the way. It's always the red one or the blue one. It's never, you know, cherry or raspberry. No one ever says that. They're like, I'll have the blue slushy, okay? So you say, I want the blue slushy. All of a sudden, a voice from Shamayim rings out. From now on, we call you blue. Right? Is that the point? Is that how a person gets named? Why would we name uh, Esav after a color? It sounds like such a random thing for his name to be called Edom. From then on, Esav as a nation is called Edom. Why? That's such a unmemorable, forgetful, you know, forgettable event. And the answer, Rabotai, is that we are learning something here very deep about Esav. You know, ironically, and most of us don't put two and two together, but that's what I'm here for. I'm your spiritual accountant to make sure that your numbers tally. We find something magnificent in the beginning of the parasha that almost always goes unrecognized. Esav is born... He's kulo se'ar. He is admoni. What does admoni mean? Reddish. Admoni is he is reddish. So the reddish guy with the red hair, right? 
this guy, uh, what's it called, he becomes, he's the guy who asks for the red food. Are you starting to see something emerge here? Okay? Now, for those of you, Azaku Baruch, thank you so much. That breakfast is also dedicated in memory, in, uh, in excuse me, uh, in, uh, um, in honor of Rabbi Friedman and Rabbi Mizrahi on his birthday yesterday. Hazaku Baruch to all the Rabbanim for all the wonderful things they do. I'm going to throw in Haron, Shochet as well in there, uh, even though you already ne- you got him before the other time, but it's a beautiful thing uh, to recognize all the people for, the great, uh, for their great accomplishments. Okay, so he's a red man. This guy's the red man who then eats the red food, right? Are we starting to notice something? Some of you may be aware that there's, um, there's an unbelievable propensity for people to speak to us without us even knowing. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. If you ever studied, studied anything about marketing or advertising, you'll know that when they're trying to sell you a product, uh, uh, a vacation, almost always the flyer will have in it the color blue. Because they know that that color speaks, it reminds you of the vastness of the ocean, of the sky. So when you're stuck in your little cubicle and you want to get away, they know that just that color will draw your eye and will attract you to that. Do you ever notice that you'll never see any sign advertising yoga or anything organic, right? Or anything of that nature that doesn't have green in the flyer or in the poster? Why? Again, green symbolizes that element of calm and gets people to realize that, uh, what's it called? Um, that they could be, have this little bit more calm existence. They could meditate, they could be Zen, they could do yoga, etc., etc. So these colors, they speak to us in a language maybe that we're not even fluent in. It's not that anyone ever told you blue is a relaxing, you know, blue is a color that reminds you of endless possibilities. Green is a color that gives you comfort, that relaxes you. It doesn't, no one ever told you that. It's something that you're aware of. Rabotai, what is the color red associated with? You'll never see a Valentine's Day with anything but red. The red rose symbolizes passion. The concept of red symbolizes passion and it symbolizes uh, uh, blood flowing through your veins. So as an example, anger is always red. Love is always depicted red, the red, etc., etc. So we're finding that this idea of the color red in the brain symbolizes an excess of energy and passion. Fascinating to note that in Israel, they noticed this and they decided to change the color of the buses in Israel from red to green. Because they noticed that people on the buses, they were all getting agitated and all getting worked up and getting angry and yelling at each other. And then they changed the color of the buses for green. A little while, they realized that actually that didn't help. It didn't help people. The reason why people were getting angry on buses was because they were Israelis, right? But not because... They were getting, they were, they're fiery people. They, they love with all their heart. They argue with all their heart. And 10 seconds later, they're your best friend again, right? So it's something which comes from that excess of passion. But you see this, the idea of red. Esav was born into the world covered in red hair. He's someone who was a completely passionate, full-on energy type of guy. 100%, 100% of the time. That is Esav's M.O. That's what he's like. That's what he was born to be. And you know what? 
Yitzchak and Rivka, what's Yitzchak's midah? His character trait is a character trait of givurah, the ability to stand up to your inner inclinations. That's what Yitzchak is. So fascinating, what did he do to raise his child? He started to teach his child how to hit the brakes. You want to do something wrong? Hit the brakes. You want to do something? Hit the brakes. Very easy. That's all he needed to teach him is the ability to hit the brakes. Rabbi Otay, fascinating this. Rabbi Galitsky was once in a taxi cab and he sees it says on the windscreen, there's a sticker, it says, it says, Bedok et balamim. Right? Check the brakes. The rabbi turns to the taxi driver. He says, what's balamim that I need to check them? Is it lettuce? <laughs> what, is, what is balamim? He says, he says, what do you mean? You're a rabbi with a long beard. Don't you speak Hebrew? He says, I speak Hebrew, but I speak the Hebrew of the Torah. You know, this is a, this is a modern word. I never heard it before. So he said to him, he said, you know what? Balamim, he says, means brakes. He says, why are you telling me to check the brakes? He says, look, you have over here, on, you know, on the, underneath the floorboard over here, there's a gas pedal and there's a brake pedal. He says, you know, if you, if you want to go somewhere, then you use the gas. But if you want to, so he says, why would I ever use the brakes then if I want to go somewhere? The rabbi asked him. Meanwhile, the guy thinks the rabbi lost his mind. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rabbi's setting him up, right? The guy, he says, listen, rabbi, you have a car, you step on the gas. That's what takes you places. So a car with no gas pedal is useless. But a car with no brake is a death trap. The rabbi says, oh, that's such a beautiful uh, sticker then. He goes, do you think they make them for sleeves? He says, why would you put a, a brake sticker on your sleeves? He goes, because a, a person that has a gas pedal, a person that doesn't have a gas pedal is useless. But a person that doesn't have a brake is a death trap. Think about what he can cause if he has no ability to hit the brakes. Esav was that person. He didn't have an ability to hit the brakes. When he got angry, he became 15 years old. He was done with hitting the brakes. He, he finished. The children grew up. They became their truest self. He couldn't hold back anymore. He kills one guy. He rapes another woman. He, it's, he does Avodazara. He denies Olam Abba. He throws out the Bechora. This is, all happens in one day because the moment... He was in, unable anymore to restrain his unbridled passion. This guy became, you know, uh, he's a, 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 an atom bomb. Rabotai, in that moment, the red man who has the red deeds walks in and he says, give me the red food. In that moment, he says, no fork, no spoon, no plate. I'm going to lean back over here. Pour it down my throat. Literally. Hali Tani says, Pour me. Adoma Adoma At that stage, he doesn't even have enough breaks in him to even get up to check what's in the red soup. He's so far thrown away any possibility of restraining himself, of stopping himself, that what happens? He, he can't even, he can't even do that. He can't even check what's inside. You don't even look at it. Adoma, Adoma, That's what signifies, that's what characterizes Esav. This unbelievable passion. Rabotai. When's the first time we find the red man, the 100 miles an hour guy, when's the first time we find him hitting the brakes? 
the first time we find him hitting the brakes is not when he meets Yaakov. That's the second time. The first time in his life. He's 63 years old. Yaakov gives the blessing. Uh, Yitzchak gives the blessing to Yaakov. And Esav understands that all this time there was someone in his life that believed in him. His father says, I gave Yaakov the Beracha. Gam Baruchi You heard about my story? Yaakov told him he sold the Bechorah. Esav said, All of a sudden, his father, the one person in the world that believed that he could be good, checked out. Esav realized that he had no one to rein him in. He had no one to keep him in check anymore in the world. He falls on his knees and he says, Bless me, my father. Don't give, give me a biracha too. It's the first time that Esav slows down when he realizes that even his father doesn't see a way out for him. Rabutai, what was Yitzchak's mistake? Yitzchak was parenting from the place that he was coming from. Givura, strength to stop. But Yitzchak didn't have the appetite that Esav had. And Rivka, the kindest woman maybe who ever lived, couldn't perhaps communicate to Esav in the way that he needed to be communicated with. Esav has one solution. The 100 mile an hour guy has one solution. Pay close attention. The second meeting, the second time Esav holds himself back, he comes to his brother. He sees him, we'll read about it in a couple weeks' time. He sees him after all this time and he gives him a kiss and there's dots on top of the word when he kissed him. Our rabbis tell us, why is there dots on top of here? Because what it looks like, like every time you see an asterisk, asterisk in an article, it tells you that what it looks like, that's not really what's going on here. Shoof down on the bottom where they'll give you the terms and conditions, right? When he kissed him, say our rabbanim, don't read it vayinashkehu, read it vayinashchehu. He went out to bite him. Who bites their brother on the neck? You want to kill him, you're a warrior. Pull out your sword, take out a bow and arrow, do it like a normal person. No. Esav is this unbridled, he's going to bite him like an animal. Literally rip out his jugular with his teeth. Vayinashchehu. And our rabbis tell us two different opinions, but at least one of the opinions that are brought, brought by Rashi, it says that in that moment, it was emet, nichmeru rachamav, he sees his brother, he sees his brother's children, vayinashkeu, and he kisses him. Stanna. You want to tell me, a second ago, you were going to rip out his windpipe with your teeth, and then you go to vayinashkeu, you feel bad for him, just don't bite his jugular. The answer is, Esav doesn't have a middle ground. The answer to Esav's 100 miles an hour is not a break. It's a change of direction and guess. So either I'll bite his neck out or I'll kiss him. He doesn't have a vanilla, Esav. That's the mistake that they made in raising him, in trying to give him a set of breaks. I still remember a story from my childhood that my fifth grade rabbi told me. He says he was driving in a car and he got to the toll plaza and all of a sudden a car in front of him stopped and his wife screamed. She says, Yerucham! She grabbed his arm and he noticed that the space between him and the car was too small. He was going too fast. He couldn't brake. So what did he do? 
He spun the wheel and hit the gas. And the speed that he was going, plus the speed that he added, allowed him to avert disaster. Esav is admoni. Esav is 100%. Esav is adoma, adomaze. That's why they use this seemingly innocent event. No, because it categorizes him 100%. Pour it down my throat. He's all in all the time. The only thing that would have saved Esav was Esav having the opportunity to put that level of energy and passion and redness in the right direction. Rabotai, now we understand that's what Yitzchak was trying to do at that stage. Yitzchak imagined, you know what? What if I give him everything? What if I give him the world? What if I give him the, the heavens and the earth and the this and the that? I'll give him everything. Maybe then he won't, that will be enough. But in the end, he got to see, after hearing the story of the Bechorah, how far away Esav had actually gone. Rabotai, many times we find in our lives with our children that this exact problem, the story of Esav, is what plays out in our own understandings. We have children that are ADHD, and for so long, they're running around, their brains are 100 miles an hour, can't focus on anything. So for so long, science told us, what do you need for this kid? You need to shove drugs in his face and let him hit the brakes. Slow him down. Chemically change his brain. That's literally what you're doing with these medications. Chemically change his brain so that he slows down. So you could sit in a class and take it in. But actually, a lot of studies have been done recently in understanding that a disproportionate amount of CEOs and world leaders and overachievers are actually ADHD. And the thing that we thought was a chisaron, was a problem, was a deficiency, was a negative, can actually be channeled in an unbelievable way. That kid that thinks boom, 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 is the guy that can juggle 20 balls. The other one that can focus very well, does very good in school, but then when he needs to run a company with so many different things, and he's only good at focusing on one thing at a time, he drops a lot of balls. Rabotai, you hear that? The Pasuk tells us about uh, raising children. It doesn't say raise a child according to your way, according to the way that you're built. Yitzchak's gvura is the break. Don't raise him your way. Rather, according to his way. Now listen to this. And this is so powerful. Everyone says and throws out this pasuk, but they forget the end of it. The end of the pasuk says, why? Why should you raise a child according to his way? Gamki yaskin, because even when he gets old, if you raise him according to his way, lo yasur, he won't turn off the path. Most people think, you know what? I want my kid to be, you know, religious. I want my kid to be like this. I want my kid to follow my footsteps. I want my kid to be middle of the road. Every person thinks that they've nailed life, right? I want my kid to be like me. So you know what? You know how you get him to be like you? Raise him according to his way. That will straighten him out. That will make him like you. But the pasuk, the same pasuk, that tells you in the beginning, beginning, raise him according to his way, Alpi Darko. Gamki Yaskin, 
Lo yasur, not mimecha, from you. Not from your road. He won't turn from his road. What the pasuk is warning you is, if you raise him according to your road, you know what's going to happen in the end. Lo yasur mimenu, he's going to follow his own road and he won't have the tools to be able to deal with his own road. Rabotai, if you raise him on his road, what happens? Because when he gets older, he's still going to have the same character traits. He's still going to be built the same way that he's built now. And at least he would have been built in a way where he could figure out how to get to his destination. I have a dear friend and student. His name is Nellie Gertner. And he coined it so beautifully. He says, if we teach our children to find themselves, then they will never be lost. If we teach our children to find themselves then they will never be lost. Rabotai, I want to end with just this one word. The Pasuk says that when, Esav, when Yaakov came in with the clothing of Esav, he was wearing the clothing of Esav, and Yitzchak smelled the smell of his clothing. Begadav says the Gemara, he smelled his clothing, Bogdav. He smelled the smell of the traitors of the Jewish people, of the rebels of the Jewish people. One time Rabbi Galinsky was called to speak in a prison. And he goes into this prison. And he's got all these hardened criminals there. And they're all sitting down in the room. This one killed 17 people. This one is a thief. That one is, everyone's there for, they're there for a good reason, right? Anyway, he sits there and he's trying to give that. And he says over, the pasuk tells us, what does it mean, Begadav? He smelled the smell of Yaakov, of the Jewish traitor, of the Jewish rebel, of the non-religious Jewish person. And he smelled in that the smell of Gan Eden. Because even a Jew that's so disconnected, he still has a soul, a heart that beats with Ratzon Hashem, with Yirat Shamayim. Unbelievable. All the prisoners are crying. They hear somebody that believes in them, that thinks that they're not to be written off. And he says, but I have one question, he asks the prisoners. If the pasuk wanted to say, and he smelled the smell of the Jewish traitors, and that smell was beautiful, why did the pasuk say, bogdav, and he smelled the smell of the Jewish traitor, the Jewish rebel, the off the derech kid, the one that's sitting there breaking Shabbat on drugs. What's going on? Why doesn't it say, and he smelled the smell of her traitors? Every prisoner is leaning forward. And Rabbi Galinsky hits the home run. And he says, because the pasuk was trying to communicate to you that in every boged, in every traitor, all it is, is a beged. It's something simple, external, that can just be shed the minute the person chooses to do so, the minute the person finds a path forward. Rabotai, even Esav had a way out, a way to move from Nishicha to Nishika. May Hashem bless each and every one of us to raise our children in the right way, but also to be able, as I always say, to, to raise the child within us, the part of us which is immature, the part of us which is stubborn, which doesn't want to listen, which doesn't want to do, also to be able to understand it, to work with it, and to come up with a path forward for that as well. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. Rabbi Chananya.